Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. We got a ton to get to. Let's dive right in. Whether you're watching us on our Twitter feed, at Gottlieb Show, or our Fox Sports Radio Twitter feed, Facebook Live as well. You can listen to the show on iTunes. Sirius XM channel 83. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, Terrestrial Radio, all of our radio stations, um, including our San Diego FM affiliate, home of the Padres. We're so happy to be with you. Uh, So appreciative that on a daily basis, you make us part of your lives. I was just uh, walking in, uh, walking out of uh, the Fox lot and two guys stopped me and like, dude, what you said yesterday about uh, about uh, CrossFit guy. I was like, yeah, CrossFit guy. Keep trying to convince me that CrossFit's going to change the world. It's just going to change CrossFit. Anyway, uh, you're welcome for yesterday. Carmelo Anthony is likely, by all accounts, to be a Houston Rocket. Now, I, I do think there's a chance that he becomes 
a member of the Golden State Warriors. I, I do think that actually makes sense. But let's let's play the um let's play the imaginary all right, let's assume he becomes a rocket conversation. So what what has happened with the Rockets is they're going to lose Trevor Reza. He's now a member of the Phoenix Suns. He works out by, uh, by the way in our building. Yoga guy in the offseason. Yoga guy in the offseason. And Luke Richard and Bob Mute is going back to the LA Clippers. Now, and Bob Mute um, he's look, he's a good bench player. And what happened to him with the Clippers was it's called the Peter principle. It's a, it's a business term. The Peter principle is when you're promoted above the, your level of competency, when he's with the, as a bench player is really good. You put him as a starting three and he's not good enough. Can't shoot, can't score, but again, very good role player. And, and I was thinking, I was thinking about how to describe what the Rockets were, what they evolved into. And what they will now be. A- and Vegas came to mind. So you just say Vegas and all of a sudden you're like, wait, okay, I'm in. I'm listening. Right? You said Vegas. You said Vegas. So Vegas came to mind. And, and there's there's really two reasons why. One was a movie. It, it's uh, it's called Molly's Game. High stakes poker. Do you, you guys seen it? Um, the idea of Molly's Game... It's kind of simple, right? There's this high stakes poker game and a bunch of wealthy people who are swinging, you know, what's invite kind of an unknown everyday poker player to, to, to play. And he, he has a smart winning strategy, right? And it's like the, uh, it's like the slow and steady tortoise against the hare to win the race. And he keeps winning and, the rest of the players start getting mad. He's not famous. All he does is take other people's money. But then it gets good to him, right? And then he snaps. He goes full tilt. He's down millions. I, I even like in this, I, want, I remember watching the movie and thinking to myself, like, that's me in Vegas, right? Who doesn't, get, who doesn't go to Vegas and think, all right, I got a plan. I'm going to blow jack blackjack table. I'm going to have $250. I am not going to go to the ATM and pull out 200 any more money. This is it. This is my <clears throat> entertainment money. I'm just going to keep, and I'm going to, and I have it in my, I got the card. I know when to hit. I know when to stay. I know when to double down. I know when to split, what not to split. I got it. And you win 20 here. You lose 50 there. You win 100 here. You lose 40 there. And you're up a little bit. And then you get tens and you're looking across and you got tens and the dealer's got a seven showing. And you think to yourself, the winning hand, right? Uh, But why win one hand when you can win two? Dealer's got a seven showing. Dealer flips over a face card. That's 17. Can't hit anymore. I win both regardless of what I have. Why don't you split those? And the dealer says, you sure you want to split those? And you say something because you're a couple of drinks in. Did, did, did I did, did stutter? Right? You think you'd got the whole world. You're looking at your chip pile. You're good. You're good. You're sober enough to know what you're doing, but buzzed enough to really enjoy how you're doing it. 
You split tens. You get a face card. Now you got 20. You get a nine. Now you get two winning hands. You doubled your money. But but then the dealer does something that's kind of interesting. Flips over a four, then hits it with a ten. Now all of a sudden you didn't lose one. You lost two hands. And this is, and you keep going and going and going. And you think to yourself, all right, I'm going to ride this out. There's a new dealer coming. The new dealer comes and you don't get any good cards. Next thing you know, you're down 250. And you told yourself, I will not go to that ATM, especially when you go to the ATM and suddenly now just to pull out a wad of cash, it's like a $7 charge. You're like, what? $7 just to take out money that I'm going to lose anyway? Next thing you know, you got to call home the next morning. Your wife asks, how's, how's the conference going, hun? Great. Did you gamble any? Yes. Now, here comes the, how'd you do? She gets the bank statement. She's not an idiot. She knows they keep building, building. The point is that whether it's Molly's game and, 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 uh, and his plan or whether it's your plan, the fact is that you have a smart strategy, one that wins for you. It just, that might not win enough for you or as quickly as you want. That's the Houston Rockets. Rockets were building, 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 building. They used analytics. Uh, They slowly but surely changed from being a terrible defensive team to being a palatable defensive team to, hey, outside of James Harden, a pretty good defense team. And they even learned how to play with James Harden. If, if you watched how James Harden played, instead of not paying any attention defensively, he'd simply pressure the basketball and then make you drive to Clint Capella, who would block shots. Everybody else would be grabbing and holding their guy so that you were forced to play two-on-one with one of the elite, athletic, young shot blockers in the game. It kind of worked. You got corner threes abound. If a guy couldn't play, at least he can make a corner three. And then... Then they added Chris Paul. Now, the Chris Paul thing, in many ways, in the short term, really worked. That's splitting tens. They had a winning hand and winning both of those hands. But the problem becomes the next time you have tens, which is this offseason, do you do it again? And they, they chose to do it again. Chris Paul, when that trade was made, it was under the understanding that the Rockets would extend him with a Supermax deal, which they did. Congratulations to the Rockets for being men of their word. Congratulations to Chris Paul because he's the head of the Players Association and the Players Association wants him to get every penny that he's owed. But the problem is that when you start to get $40 million for a 30-plus-year-old point guard who was hurt in the most important game of the season in and you compound that with James Harden's contract, earned and signed a year prior, now all of a sudden you're in cap hell. And you got a bit of due to Ariza, and you got a bit of due to Mbamute, and now you're adding in Carmelo Anthony. Who, though, look, I will tell you, there's a chance that it works for them, but it's not who they are or what they were building. It's not the smart strategy that was employed at the blackjack table or at the poker player, at poker table, to just win a hand and two hands and not go all in and not do anything crazy. Just play smart. When you got a winning hand, play the winning hand. When you don't, fold and wait for the next winning hand. Let the cards determine where you're going. They used analytics. They had they used mismatches. They played good defense. They were is close. 
to winning the whole thing. And while NBA Twitter will tell you that DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Golden State Warriors ended the NBA season or the competitive balance uh, completely tilted, DeMarcus Cousins may not be ready till February. We don't know how the Warriors will play with him. Will they play big ball or small ball? Because when they played with the Hampton Five, that's how they've won these three championships. The truth is that when Chris Paul decided he had to go and get the Supermax deal, and they lost Ariza, and they lost Mbamute, now likely adding Carmelo Anthony, that's when the NBA championship was decided. It's not that you can't, that going for it doesn't work, but when you have a winning hand, don't split those tens. Collect your money and keep playing hands. The long game is the smart game. It feels like the Rockets kind of forgot that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You know, I saw this story earlier today uh, that the Philadelphia 76ers were given serious consideration by LeBron James. Okay. Uh, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe they got in to see the big guy, right? Did you... Did... And I'm I do I believe that that LeBron James liked respects thinks you know what those are some good young players the Philadelphia 76ers yeah yeah but the idea that he came close to signing there two parts to it one this is you came in second in recruiting do you know how many second place in recruiting stories there are in all of sports you know I I told this to Mike Shula who's an offensive coordinator in the NFL, Mike Shula, he'll go tell people till they're blue in the face, you know, we should have had Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow grew up in, uh, you know, on the uh, Florida, kind of Florida-Georgia line. Remember there was the, he was homeschooled, but he played high school football and his high school football season was made into a reality show. He was the most sought-after quarterback in the entire country and he was Alabama or Florida. And had he chose Alabama, Mike Shula might still might well still be the coach at Alabama. I mean, think about it. You don't win enough. You get Tim Tebow. He wins, at least in college. You're golden. History changing. But they didn't. Florida got him. Mike Shula lost his job. So the second, who comes in second for a guy, while it's it makes for interesting radio discussion, especially locally, doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things, does it? It just doesn't. Um, look, I, I believe that a lot of this comes down to the fact that Ben Simmons is rep by clutch sports and between clutch sports, trying to save face with Philadelphia, clutch sports, trying to save face with Ben Simmons, clutch sports, trying to look like it, it was a very pragmatic business-like decision. I I'm, I'm going to believe here for a second that that's really what this is about. Because you can tell me he came closer. The, the better wording would be he came closer, closer to signing with them than he did with anybody outside the Lakers. But this idea he came in close, you didn't meet with them. He didn't hop in on the meeting via FaceTime or via call. He was in Los Angeles for a day. He had a three-hour dinner and get-together with Magic the night before. 
Then Philadelphia flies in with the brain trust and he ain't going to meet with him. Like, look, I was in Los Angeles at the same time as Angelina Jolie. I came, I just, I came in second to Brad Pitt when she like, right? Like it just, it, it saying it by the, and by the way, the speed by which he made his decision doesn't really help this argument. The fact that it comes out like a week later doesn't really help. Like, oh yeah, by the way, we liked we like Philadelphia. Somebody write an article that says we almost did Philadelphia. Right. It is actually true. I am I am like Colin just got a new deal, right? Colin leaves. Might have been me. That does that doesn't help me in the first and the fifteenth. Hey, listen, I, I might I might have probably been able to replace Colin if he had ever left, whether it was the old place that we were or here. But he keeps signing big deals and staying. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. He's a great football player in high school. I don't know how many people remember uh, when Ray Felton, when he came out to Carolina, there was a guy who could have played two sports, could have played the National Football League. Look at his size strength, athletic ability, and kind of had a resurgence here late in his career, and he re-signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, when he re-signed, he made their cap bill, the largest tax bill uh, in the history of the league. And Of course, um, that was part of the plan, and now we're seeing part of the plan continue to unfold. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ray, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, man. Uh, what What's this been like? kind of all the different lives you've led in the NBA, what's this been like with the Oklahoma City Thunder considering how it was constructed last year and what it looks like it'll be next year? Uh, it's going to be great, man. Give us an opportunity for all of us to be back together again this year. You know, after putting a team together in one year, you know, it's hard to, to win and win uh, a championship when you just put a team together within one year, within months. So, you know, that's... That's tough to do, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the team we have, and I look forward to it. When did you know Paul George was coming back? Um, I kind of had a little insight that he was he was going to come back before probably everybody else. Um, he loved it there. You know, a lot of people think that you know everybody wants to go to these big cities and stuff, and it's not really about that. It's about the fan base. It's about how the organization treats you, and it's about you know the relationship you grow with the, with your teammates. You know, I think all those things he really loved. He had a great year last year, you know, with in Oklahoma and with those guys, and you know, I, I felt like he wanted to be back, so yeah, he proved that. Yeah, but but he said he wanted to be in it. Like it's like it's one of those things. For I I do agree with you that the idea that everybody wants to be in a big city and having having lived and played college ball in Oklahoma, like I I understand. Like it's a legit home court advantage. They legitimately love you and treat you as, as like on a higher pedestal than than maybe any other place in the league. But he told everybody he wanted to go to the Lakers, so it, it wasn't uninformed speculation. Why do you think that changed? Um, that I don't know. That I can't answer. You know, of course, you know a guy who wants to be home where he's from in the same state, you know, and play for the Lakers, you know, I mean, that's, that's probably any kid's dream who, who grew up in, you know, Los Angeles, you know, to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. So, you know, I mean, he probably had more time to think about it, you know, probably talked it over with his family and, you know, friends, uh, whoever, you know, and you know, he probably really thought about it, you know, and made his decision. What about you? Uh, you've, 
Obviously, you know, growing up in 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 the Carolinas, grew up in South Carolina, played in North Carolina, drafted by mm-hmm. by by the Hornets. But you were you were all in these big cities, big markets, you know, with the Knicks, uh, with the Mavs, and then you know before last year with the Clippers. When you got to Oklahoma City, what did you honestly think before you really kind of invested in the culture of the place? Honestly, you know, I kind of knew about it. Playing, you know, I played against Oklahoma. I think uh, twice. In the playoffs, when I was with Dallas, once when I was with Denver, um, so just to see the atmosphere, just to see how they love the Thunder, and just you know it being a, a, a small town in the sense of you know all they have is Thunder basketball. There's no other professional sport there, so you know just just I knew what I was going into. You know the the crowd is amazing, the fans are amazing, organization is top of the line, and once I got there, I got a chance to see that up close. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things where I just felt like I feel like at home. You, so I wanted to go back and you know have an opportunity to play with those guys again and um, see what we can do. I understand there's financial ramifications for keeping him, right? I mean the tax bill is just crazy, and so it appears appears that because of that and and because he struggled with his role, Melo's not going to be back. He's been given permission uh, by the organization to talk to Houston, to talk to Miami. And we'll see if the Lakers, maybe even the Warriors, be- become engaged in talking with Melo. You- you've played with Melo before in in New York. You obviously played with mm-hmm. Melo all this year. Why why, mm-hmm. why didn't it fit? Why didn't it work uh, in Oklahoma City? Oh, that I that I can't answer, man. You know, I thought we had a, a great chemistry. You know, like I've known Melo since we've been twelve years old, just playing high school AAU stuff together, camps, you know, All Star games, all kind of stuff coming up since we've been kids. So you know, he's. He's a dear friend, and I've known him for pretty much, I can say, all my life. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, he he came in and he, he sacrificed a lot, you know, to to try to fit in with, you know, being with a new team and playing with, you know, two, you know, superstars, you know, all on one team. And, you know, it's just something that I guess it didn't fit. You know, honestly, I have no answer to that. I can't answer that. That's something you have to bring him on and have to talk to him about. But, I really don't know the answer to that. You know, I just wish him the best. You know, I wish he was still with us, but I wish him the best and whatever he decided to do and wherever he go. The the outsider says, hey, we saw you guys lose to the Jazz, and you lost in game six, but, I mean, if not for Russ and PG, you know, PG, they were incredible in game five. If not for that comeback, you would have lost in five to the Jazz. What leads you to believe that you can be even better next year with much the same cast as last year? Uh, just give us a, another whole year together, you know, and we get, you know, one of our key players, one of our key defenders back, you know, Anthony, I mean, Andre Robeson, you know, who's a great defender, you know, and he does a lot for for our team and for us on the court, you know what I'm saying? So you get a guy like that back, get a guys back this year that we had last year, more experience, you know, some guys, you know, got the contract, so they don't have to worry about that mentally. You know, just play free and just you know go out there and play basketball. You, you, know? you've, I, mean, I, I like, I like our chance. You, you've gone through some stuff, obviously off the court that's become public. But you went from being a starter and a good one to now being kind of that that guard off the bench. Right. How, how, I'm like, look, if for people who don't understand, when was the last time you before before? Uh, let's see, you got to Dallas. When was the last mm-hmm. time you came off the bench? I'm guessing. Sophomore year in high school, maybe because you started all at at Carolina since you got there, right? I mean, when's the last time you yeah, came off nah. the bench? Uh, never, <laughs> ever, right? Yeah, ever, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. You you started on varsity as a freshman in high school? 
Yeah, I started varsity my first year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and uh, what what's that? How do you change your mentality from? Hey, man, I'm going to get you know 35, 38 minutes, so you don't have to worry about your shots, you don't have to worry about your touches, you don't worry about anything. To all right, dude, we want you to do everything you've ever done. Only we want you to do it in like 15 less minutes off the bench. Go. What's that like? Um, it's an adjustment, and it's just something that you have to just be professional about, understand it, you know, you know, take it, and just do your job. You know, I understand that's what my job is, and I'm gonna try my best to do it as as best and as well as I can. You know, and you know, does it at first? Did it upset me? Did it? You know, did I want to fight it? Of course, I'm a competitor. You know, and I'm a guy who started, like you said, my first 19 years in the league. So you know, just to all of a sudden your role changes and things, you know, change in your life and things happen. And all of a sudden you, you got a different role, you know, in your basketball career, you know, it, yeah, it's tough, you know, without a doubt. And any person who says not will be lying, you know, but yeah, it was tough, but you know, just, you know, you just have to be respectful, you know, to the game and you have to respect yourself and just really understand that, you know, if you want to play in this league and if you want people to continue to call for you and, you know, want you to play for their organization and, you know, be a part of their team, then you got to accept your role and, you know, and just try to do the best you can with the, with the minutes you get, the time you get. And just be a professional, man. That's all it's about. Just be a professional. Just be someone that your teammates and the people in the organization wants to be around and they love, you know. And I, I try to pride myself into that. Were you always that way? Always that way. Always that way. It, never been a never been a bad locker room guy. If you could, if, you, if Billy calls you in and says, Ray, look, you've been in this league a long time. You're now an old head vet. Give me one thing that you think we need to do better to take that next step. What would it be? Uh, I think just really just having a great um, training camp together, staying healthy. I think it's always key in in any team's um, success. And really, you know, just learning how to play with each other at a high note each and every night. Because, you you know, some nights, you know, we – we look like we can beat everybody. And yep. then some nights we have our we have our downs. And we understand that. We knew that last year and we battled with that, you know, and I think that was a lot from, you know, just being a new team and just learning to get to know each other and play with each other. Now we had that year up under our belt and every night is still not gonna be perfect. We play eighty two plus games a year. We're not gonna play perfect for eighty two plus games. It's not it's not even possible. But, you know, I think just with learning each other and having a year under our belt with each other that's going to make us 10 to 15 games that much better, I think. Raymond Felton, Oklahoma City Thunder. Ray, thanks so much for giving us insight. Congrats on getting the new contract to, to hang out in Oklahoma City. Look forward to talking to you as you get close to training camp. No, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Right, it's Raymond Felton joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Former general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You can hear him on Saturdays on Deals and Dunks with Joel Myers on Sirius XM NBA Radio. He's David Griffin. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, When did you know, David? When did you know he was going to L.A.? You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if there's a moment where I knew he was definitely going. I, I sort of assumed all season that it was either L.A. or Cleveland. There was really not another place that I thought was in the mix. But in terms of, like, knowing the announcement was coming, I certainly wasn't in the know or part of that decision-making process. But it wasn't at all surprising. I mean, going back to the day that 
KCP signed last year in L.A., the one-year big deal, a Rich Paul client, that certainly enabled Los Angeles to build rapport with somebody who could share with LeBron the vision. And I think it was something that made sense looking at it over the long haul. It made sense going back then that that's when it started. So, so, so you think maybe it started because, you know, nobody, he doesn't strike me as a quick to snap decision sort of guy, nor, nor does his crew. Um, it was was the beginning of the end when they fired you? Like, when do you think the beginning of the end really was? You know, it's funny. It certainly I, it absolutely was not me. I, I think, you know, the fact that LeBron was doing one-year deals with regularity there, to me, was indicative at the time that the writing was somewhat on the wall that there was another step in mind for him eventually, that at some point there was a next phase because otherwise, if, if you really were going to be in Cleveland forever, you would have committed long-term and made it so that we could have built in a more mindful, sustainable way. So the other shoe was always sort of going to drop. And I, I always thought it was foreshadowing or foreboding, I suppose, when I was there, that he was eventually going to leave. I just didn't have any idea when that would be. So I don't think my presence there would have changed anything in terms of what the overall game plan was, what mattered to his family, and more important, what matters to him moving forward outside of basketball. I, I think Maverick Carter has done a remarkable job with the film production company that they have. They do some very special things, and I think there was no better way to announce your presence with authority in the movie-making industry than to do it in, in L.A. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, David Griffin, who, of course, you can hear him on Deals and Dunks on SiriusXM on Saturdays. It should be pointed out, you weren't fired. Your contract was not renewed. It was it was technically a mutual uh, parting of ways. I don't want to make it seem as otherwise. Um, what, what was your perception of his relationship with Kyrie? And I, I ask that because... There was recently a podcast in which a bunch of guys who cover the Cavs sat down and were like, look, it wasn't until he was gone that all of a sudden we realized they really, really didn't like each other. What, what, when, when you were there, what did you think about those two? I, well, it's really interesting to me now that people want to put that narrative out there with so much conviction, and I know those guys, and I, I think a lot of what they said was, was certainly based on, on things that would give you reason to believe that. But ultimately for me, I... I probably spent more time with the team on the road than any GM in the league because when the only thing that marks success is winning a championship, things like team relationships and chemistry and camaraderie matter immeasurably. So I, I always tried to have my hand on the pulse of that. And I think it's really hard for me to imagine that there was true malice there when I would watch them on the bus laughing and giggling like normal teammates do. They had friction like all superstars have friction relative to who gets a shot and who gets the opportunity at any given time. That's, that's not unusual, but it was always gone after the moment had passed within a game. So I never looked at them as, as having a fractured relationship. What I looked at was Kyrie having an inability in the circumstance to really push his boundaries and learn how good he could be because as a point guard, to do that, you have to have the ball. And I feel like he was ever going to be the one that was called upon to make plays all the time in the setting that LeBron was in. And that's not, that's not because LeBron's hard to play with. That's because he's the single most efficient end-game decision-maker that has dictated outcome the entire time he's been in the NBA. 
And every team that wants to win a championship is going to give the most efficient guy the ball. So in Kyrie's case, it made sense that he was going to want a situation eventually where he could be forced to be the man and see if he was capable of delivering. It's interesting because I, uh, David Griffin, our guest on Fox Sports Radio here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, my, I, I do think that Kyrie at times is unfairly characterized. You know, people talk about how bad the Cavs were before LeBron got there. And while that's fair, you guys performed a roster overhaul, not just adding Kevin Love, but also adding other pieces. And they, he was finally healthy. They were finally maturing. They had had so much turnover and, tur- uh, and tumult that no one would have been successful, especially he played eight games in college. Um, how fair is the characterization that Kyrie couldn't win at all unless LeBron got there? Uh-oh. It was such a bad question that he hung up on me. Good, we got him back. Okay. Um, how how fair... I was in the middle of telling you... Go ahead. I was in the middle of telling you that... So Kyrie was, after playing 11 college games, he was on a team that was ultimately trying to do the same things Philadelphia later did. We were the process without the rhetoric that entire time. We were intentionally not founding the group with players that would make it so that we won. Oh, man, this is so good, and the cell phone is so bad. Okay, here's what you're going to do, okay? You talk to David. You get him to get to a good spot. Beg him, plead him. If he can walk outside the arena, that'd be awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's welcome back in David Griffin. All right, so let's, let's start that again. Kyrie before LeBron, they were tanking. They were tr- excuse me, trusting the process without the rhetoric, right? That's what you said? Yeah, I mean, and, and really what it was was the idea was we were going to play towards free agency in that year. And when I took over, look, making sure that Kyrie committed long-term to the organization was the number one job. And as part of that, when we met and talked about the future of the team, we shared the idea of, several free agent names with him. These are the people that we would like to surround you with. This would be similar to how we built around Steve Nash and Phoenix. This is what we want it to look like. And Kyrie was very much a partner in the process of going out and recruiting all of the free agents that were waiting on LeBron to make his decision. And we never believed LeBron was coming back when he did because we sort of anticipated he would take the opportunity to watch from afar whether or not our front office was able to deliver on anything we said we would. And we were really blessed that he made the decision to come home when he did and bought into the vision we had of the way we would build around him. But what happened as a result is everybody that Kyrie recruited had to make decisions to go elsewhere. And Kyrie went from being the number one guy on a team that he helped recruit to being number two. And so his experience changed virtually overnight from what he spent the rest of the time believing was going to happen. So he was put in the most unfair position of everyone, and I thought dealt with it incredibly well and wanted to win when it was all about the right things. But you're talking about a kid who played 11 college games, was on a team that was intentionally not winning games. So to judge him for his ability to carry us to victory and that's just an unfair concept all the way around. Um, what about the idea that, that he wants to be in New York? Do you believe that to be true? I don't have any idea. It's, he certainly never shared that with me. You know, I, I think knowing what I know about the situation and knowing that Brad Stevens was someone that he very much believed in 
and had interest in playing with and seeing how much he appreciated the Boston culture, even when we would compete against them yep. and how all about each other that team was, it would surprise me if he wanted to leave there at all. If he left there, I think you would think he would go somewhere where he could go with another superstar that he plays with at USA Basketball or that he's friendly with. So I think that's become the most important thing now. If you're going to tank and you're going to play through free agency, you need to give superstars a template from which they can build the team they envision playing with. Yeah, look, my friends in Boston have said the, the truth was with Cleveland, I know you weren't there then, but with when with Cleveland, when he was traded, he wanted to go to San Antonio or Boston. Like this, these other teams, he wanted to go somewhere with great culture, where he felt like you could win, where he felt like guys were were professional, and he loves that part about Boston. It doesn't mean they know that he'll never leave, but they don't get any sort of sense that he's any sort of unhappy, even if they were successful in the playoffs without him. Yeah, no question. And I knew that San Antonio and Boston were places he wanted to be, um, because once he had everything had broken out about the trade and the desire to be traded. Um, I, I knew sort of what those destinations were, and they were all situations that were designed around culture and coach and, and frankly, opportunity. And ironically, Gordon Hayward is one of the players that he recruited the year LeBron came back. Gordon was restricted at the time in Utah, and Utah would have matched the deal but Gordon and Kyrie wanted to play together back then as well. So I, I, I can't imagine he would leave unless something went terribly wrong. David Griffin joining us, former general manager of the NBA. Of course, you can um, you can listen to the show Deals and Dunks with Joel Myers on Sirius XM NBA Radio. So LeBron's in Los Angeles. What do you think of what we, what as of now, what seems to be the Lakers' plan, which is, all right, we got some vets uh, that, that are hyper-competitive guys, that have had some some turbulence in the past uh, with Rondo, uh, with um, uh, with Born Ready, and even with JaVel McGee. And then you have the young guys and the idea that he's going to play more from the post. What, what do you think of that as the, the way to build LeBron's new team in L.A.? Well, I, I think from a regular season standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to me to bring in a number of playmakers that know how to play if you could have really high basketball IQ, ancillary playmakers, somebody who can go get a shot and take the burden off Le- LeBron during a regular season, it makes a lot of sense to me. Where, where I struggle is the notion that they don't have a whole lot of floor spacing around LeBron. And in the playoffs, like I said earlier, he's far and away the most efficient play terminator and dictator of outcome in the NBA. So when it's time to win a playoff game, you're going to play slower and more methodical. He's going to have the ball, and you're going to have to space the court around it. You're not going to be getting stops and running in the break all the time and playing at a breaknet pace because you've seen every team that does that, Golden State being the very best of all of them. When it comes time to win games, they execute their way to excellence. They're not sprinting their way to excellence, and you can't execute around LeBron if you can't space the court. So come playoff time, when they're really trying to make a difference, and, and he could take you, me, and any other two people to the playoffs, I think, in, in, in a lot of likelihood, other than the fact that the Western Conference is so incredibly good, I can see it working in the regular season. I, I just wonder what it looks like in the postseason. Um, okay, help, help me out. If, if you were in the Lakers' front office 
And, you know, look, they love Josh Hart. They love Kyle Kuzma. I think they like Brandon Ingram. Um, but they, they're, they're trying to build this core group of young guys around LeBron and then have those competitive basketball IQ veterans. And I'm sure eventually they'll add some shooting as well. Maybe not this year, maybe in the next year, or maybe if they trade away. What's the proper value for Kawhi Leonard before the season begins? It's almost impossible for me to know that if I don't know that Kawhi Leonard's healthy. And I think that's why with, with Kawhi being in San Antonio, an organization that has been the best in our league over a 21-year period, and ignoring the noise and acting only when they choose to and for the right deal according to them and the price that they feel something's worth, they're not going to be nervous. And they're not going to go into the thought of, oh, my God, well, if Kawhi shows up for training camp, what do we do? they're going to be fine. They're going to continue and move along. And because of that, they'll have the opportunity, if they so desire, to have him play in training camp and prove he's healthy. And that's when a godfather-like package gets put on your doorstep. No one's going to give up the kind of asset value it would take to get San Antonio to act in all likelihood unless they know unequivocally Kawhi is healthy. So I think this could play out over a very long period of time because of that. And I don't think it makes any difference what you think your package is at whatever team you're at. The Rockets, um, the Rockets d- did not take the bait and they let Trevor Reza walk. Luke Rashard and Bob Mute's back with the Clippers as he was a year ago. They, they felt compelled to re-sign Chris Paul and th- they gave him the max. And look, he's a terrific player and a future Hall of Famer, but he does break down and he's not getting younger. And now there's talk of adding Carmelo Anthony. What's your reaction to the moves that the Rockets have made this offseason? So, without regard for the Rockets, I believe that every time you change your group and every time you rework what you're doing, you're getting further away from Golden State. Because the part of this people don't understand is their nucleus has been together now for a very long time. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green are the core of that group. And when they bring in the rest of the elite talent that take them to an altogether different level, they're building on a premise and an acceptance of selflessness there that's totally unique. So Boogie Cousins is either going to go along with the program or he's not going to be a part of what they do, and they'll survive no matter what. So every time you change anything substantially – you get further away from Golden State because they're doing what they do better the next year. And so anytime you change, I don't like it. And I felt like Houston was in a situation where they had that team beaten and they had found a formula for defending Golden State. And it was P.J. Tucker at the five, Ariza, Bamute, C.J., and Harden together. And that group was as good from a net rating standpoint in the playoffs as any team. That lineup was special good, and it was in particular special good against the team you're trying to beat. So to lose the ability to put your best lineup on the floor, I don't care who you replace them with. I'm really concerned about that. Uh, let, me get, let me get back kind of quickly to LeBron and the Lakers. I look at their roster. I watched him play in the finals and take some plays off defensively, guarding Draymond Green, and it dawned upon me, when they lose Julius Randle and they don't have a small ball five, that's going to be LeBron's new role. That's a way in which into his 30s he can always be the better player instead of matching up with with the, the twos and the threes and I guess now fours, although there really aren't power forwards anymore in the NBA. 
does does that change your perception of what they're trying to do in LA if you can think that he becomes their small ball five? Sure. I mean, and the Cavs played Braun at the five. I, I, it, it changes it only in so far as it helps me understand that you know where his real value ultimately will come. But it doesn't change the fact that the way the game is going to be played in all likelihood, when he's overly engaged and effective, is still going to have floor spacing on the court. I don't care what position anybody plays. If you play him off the ball, so it was interesting. When we were in Cleveland, his number one most efficient thing was being a slasher from the weak side. Right. Just in terms of by possession, that's what he was most efficient at. Well, that's great, but that means we need to trust somebody else to make decisions. And when it comes time to win meaningful games in the playoffs, coaches trust their best decision maker to make decisions. So you could say that that's Rondo, and that's fine, but once LeBron gets the ball, the defense is going to be very available because they're going to treat Rondo and JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson differently than they would treat shooters. So I just think it'll be interesting to see how they augment the group. Certainly the guys they signed aren't the only people that are going to be on the floor, and I happen to be of the mindset that Brandon Ingram hasn't even grown into his body yet, and if they were to get rid of him early, it would be a big mistake because you don't even know what he is yet. And I think he can be special good alongside LeBron and Rondo, certainly. So they have pieces. It's just it's going to take time, and fortunately for them, he gave them long enough to do it. Uh, Luke Walton, how difficult is his job? Oh, man, he's the one who really got got hit the hardest by any decision to bring in really strong-willed players. Now, Rondo and LeBron are both alphas to a huge degree, and they'll work their issues out because they believe in each other. But from a coaching perspective, it's really hard when you have that much personality in a locker room and getting buy-in becomes tougher and tougher as you add more personality to the room. So I think Luke has his work cut out for him, but if anybody can figure it out from a human perspective, he's the one. I, I think he's really got a chance to be special as the coach in the league. All right, let me, let me ask you quickly because you're in Vegas. David Griffin joining us. Rookie that has been most disappointing to you. Rookie in Vegas that's yep. been most disappointing? Yep. Um, I really, to be honest with you, I don't think you can be disappointing here. <laughs> I, I don't think it, it can be meaningful that you're disappointing here. Certainly everybody's disappointed in what Trey Young has produced, but Trey Young had these same warts when you were drafting him and you knew it, and it was going to take time and you were going to need to build the varsity to support him, and the Summer League team isn't going to support him, so you can't be surprised that he's struggling in the way he has. So, to be honest with you, it's hard for me to look at Summer League and say anyone's terribly disappointing. For me, I look at it from the standpoint of who in Summer League is getting to play the same role today that they will play on the varsity, and what do they look like doing it? So when I look at somebody like uh, DeAndre Ayton, by way of example, in Phoenix, what he produces now will be meaningful because he's playing a very similar role. Uh, and it's not always the case with a lot of teams. All right, so the opposite of it is... Uh, is there anybody who, based upon role or based upon uh, where they are right now, you're impressed in comparison to what you thought they would be when you saw them against better competition? Totality of the Orlando team is a lot of fun to watch right now because Jonathan Isaac is healthy. Yep. You know, Many, many people thought last year that he had the most upside of anyone in that draft, and that includes Tatum. That includes Fultz. He was just further away from it. But you're talking about a kid who's 6'11", with incredible length, who can dribble, pass, and shoot, 
who blocks shots and you put him with Mo Bamba and all that length defensively, obviously Aaron Gordon not playing in summer league, but you can see very clearly the vision that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have. It's going to be exactly what Milwaukee did. They're going to get incredible length and athleticism that they can just swallow you up defensively with, and then they're going to hopefully sprinkle in the skill set guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot. But they've got length and athleticism in spades right now, and it's, it's fun to watch. Great stuff from David Griffin. You can check out his show, Deals and Dunks, with Joel Myers on Sirius XM NBA Radio. All right, get back in there because uh, this uh, San Antonio-Portland game is very close. Pretty exciting, very well played. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Doug. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.